Roger Faithful. We are going to do this. Now we take to the airwaves. Hey, yo, 570, baby. This is a playoff edition of Dodger Talk. The world famous DV. How you doing, man? Thank you for being my Dodgers psychologist. To make your voice heard, call 866-987-2570. They are going to be in the World Series. Dodger Playoff Baseball is presented by Navian Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit tanklessmadesimple.com. Barrystickets.com. Let Barry hook you up today. Cars for kids. Donate your car today. Now your host, streaming and podcasting at AM570 LA Sports on the iHeartRadio app. iHeartRadio. Here's David Bassett. Welcome to Dodger Talk. David Bassett live at Petco Park in San Diego where the party is still going on the field with the Padres players and staff and their family and friends celebrating San Diego beating L.A. and advancing to the NLCS. The fans are still here at Petco Park. I see security now letting them know it's time to go home after the Padres beat the Dodgers 5-3. to A lot of fans stuck around to celebrate with these Padres players after maybe the biggest win in San Diego baseball history. Has to be, right? Unfortunately for the Dodgers, one of the more disappointing postseason ends that I can remember, certainly during this 10-year run of unprecedented success during the regular season, this has to be the most disappointing exit out of the postseason for the Dodgers. Not only winning a record-setting 111 games, but the way this game went down in the bottom of the seventh inning It reminds me of some of the biggest postseason disappointments in Dodger history, like Willie Davis, three errors in the 1966 World Series game against the Orioles, like Juan Soto and Anthony Rendon, homers off of Clayton Kershaw in the 2019 NLDS, like Jack Clark's home run off of Tom Neatonfewer in the 1985 NLCS. This is where that seventh inning ranks in Dodger history. It's right in that same category. And nobody can tell me anything different. The game got fast in the dugout. And that's why Alex Vesia wasn't ready to face uh, Jake Cronenworth in the bottom of the seventh inning. But at that point, the Padres had all the momentum. And let's face it, the Padres made the plays in the last three games that the Dodgers did not. They executed offensively, defensively, pitching uh, better than the Dodgers did the last three games. So hats off to the Padres. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but the Dodgers should have won tonight, and there should have been a Game 5 tomorrow night. And you could mock me for making that guarantee last night. That's fine, but the Dodgers should have won this game. And unfortunately, in the seventh inning, the Dodgers did not do what they needed to do they needed to score more than just one run and before the game i asked mookie Betts about team offense instead of individual offense and i thought the at bats in the seventh inning after the dodgers loaded the bases with nobody out was not team baseball the strikeout by max muncie in the seventh inning that hurt Uh, he needed to find a way to make contact and get the ball on the right side after will smith hit a sacrifice fly to score Mookie Betts. Um, After that, Justin Turner grounded out to the shortstop. 
That was the third out of the game. But the key at bat in that seventh inning was Max Muncy striking out. It was not a productive at bat with less than two outs. And the Dodgers only scored one run. And they needed to do more than that. Uh, The Padres were on the ropes. Tim Hill was on the ropes. Uh, Steven Wilson was on the ropes. Uh, They needed to score more than one run. And that was the beginning of the end for the Dodgers in that inning, in the seventh inning. And what I can't understand, I know Dave Roberts said after the game that Evan Phillips was being saved to get the final three outs. When was the last time Evan Phillips was saved to get the last three outs? All we've been told to is that Evan Phillips is not going to be confined to one inning. He hasn't been confined to one inning all summer long. He's been a super reliever to get the Dodgers out of jams, out of the meat of their order. Now, Yency Almonte did a nice job of limiting the damage, but he did not have the swing and miss except to Manny Machado. They needed more of that, and Evan Phillips could have been that guy. Um, but Tommy Canely coming in and walking jerks and Profar to lead off the inning, that was inexcusable. I know Dave Roberts, uh, you could question why he didn't let Tyler Anderson stay in one more inning. And I believe that's a fair question. And again, I go back to these scripts, these pregame scripts, before you see what's happening in the game. You've got to find a way to blend those two and react to how good a pitcher is going. And Tyler Anderson was going really well. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. We have a full board of calls. Uh, Let's get out to the calls. And after that, we'll hear from Clayton Kershaw and Justin Turner. Let's start out in La Habra. Javier, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Javier. Hey, what's up, David? I usually call a uh, clipper talk uh, with Adam Osman, but, you know, it's my first time calling uh, the Dodgers. But you know what? Um, it's very disappointing. I mean, all the points you brought up about having Anderson pitch another inning and uh, bringing Phillips in the seventh, I mean, those are good points. I mean, it just... It's just frustrating. Yeah, I've seen this movie, David, 2016, 17, 18, 19, finally in 21, 21 and 22. Dave Roberts needs to go. I mean, what are you doing the seventh inning, like you said? I mean, what was that all about? I mean, I was like, it was up 3 0. You're right. You should, have, you should have won that game. I mean, what was he doing? It just. It's just the same movie every year. And I know people say, oh, well, Dave Roberts, you know what? He wins 105 games. He wins 108 games. He wins 111. It doesn't matter. They can win 130. They got to win the postseason. It, it's just frustrating, David. It's just every year with this guy. Well, Javier, I'll say this. The seventh inning was frustrating. Not letting Tyler Anderson go back out for the sixth inning, frustrating, but You can't put this series loss all on Dave Roberts. This Dodger offense was so disappointing in these four games. I can't even tell you how many chances they had. Actually, I did tell you. We all told you how many chances they had. And you look at the Phillies and how they're they're in the NLCS. Their superstar carried them there, Bryce Harper. Mookie Betts did not have an impact on this series. I'm sorry. And he is the Dodgers' superstar. He had to be better in this series for the Dodgers to win, and he wasn't. Yeah, I, I mean... I, and Trey I, Turner I mean, wasn't very good the previous two games either. 
what what the Dodgers yeah, no. rode all season long was the three best players at the top of any lineup in baseball. And Freddie Freeman basically was the only guy that showed up for every game except game one. And, and you know what they got to do this, this offseason? I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with Dellinger and uh, Chris, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Chris Taylor? Uh, Chris Taylor. These, these guys, I, <laughs> these both guys, you need to go. They, I mean, they're They nice just signed guys. Chris Taylor to a four-year contract. He's not oh, going oh anywhere, but... Uh, Thank you for the phone call, Javier. We have a full board of calls, and you're right about Cody Bellinger. They did not start Cody Bellinger in an elimination game. Cody Bellinger uh, has been with this team all year. They have rode with Cody Bellinger, and there were some guys in that clubhouse wondering, why aren't we sticking with the guys that got us here? And Cody Bellinger was one of those guys. Uh, They love Cody Bellinger in that clubhouse. They love his defense offensively you can't really defend anything regarding Cody Bellinger except that he finds a way to get these awkward hits that are difference makers in October I would have loved to have Cody Bellinger in this lineup tonight instead of Chris Taylor I'm all for Trace Thompson he made a couple of good plays in center field but um, that was a question amongst a lot of people here at Petco Park but going back to your question yes there there is a fork in the road when it comes to the Dodgers and Cody Bellinger, what do they do with him this offseason? Do they ride with him again through arbitration and probably have to pay him somewhere between 15 and $18 million? Or do they trade him? Or do they just say, you know what, Cody, a change of scenery might be best for you and us? That's a big question going into the offseason, no doubt about it. And have the Turners played their final game as a Dodger, Trey and Justin. Justin Turner, the team has an option to pick up for $18 million or they can buy out his contract and he becomes a free agent for $4 million. Not to mention Trey Turner. He's a free agent, a highly coveted free agent, as you know, going into this offseason. Is the left side of the Dodger infield going to look a lot different next year? Speaking of the Turners, let's head downstairs to hear from Justin, another disappointing end to his season. I mean... They all suck. Obviously, um, the goal is to win a championship. And to fall short of that in, in any round um, doesn't matter. It, it doesn't feel good. Was it like in that seventh inning, just the way it unfolded? Yeah, just uh, you know, a couple of hard hit balls, but some CNI hits, and they built momentum, and um, you know, took advantage of it. You guys had a lot of runners on base the last few games. Because you think that big hit up pressure and you kind of have those runners score the score Yeah, the whole series really. I think we did a good job of setting the table. We just never really got that big hit. Um, you know, Freddie doubled early in the game, driving two runs. Um, felt like that maybe was the hit that would break it open for us, but um, you know, it just didn't happen. After an inning like that, is that kind of like a gut punch? Yeah. In retrospect, do you feel like the layoff is a bad thing for you guys? Does it matter? I mean, you point your fingers to whatever you want. The bottom line is we didn't get the job done. We got beat. A lot of guys have been saying that this is the best you've seen the Padres all year and all the series you've facing. So maybe did them playing those pressure-packed wildcard games and winning and coming with some big momentum? Um, 
Maybe, yeah. I mean, the playoffs are... The playoffs in baseball are, are tough, and the tournament's tough, and going through in a short series, in a five-game series, um, you know, it's it's always a flip of the coin. It's whoever, you know, gets the big hits, and, and they got the big hits. So, um, you know, baseball, winning a championship is, is hard. All right, there's Justin Turner, obviously disappointed with the way things went down in this series. And look, he wasn't at third base tonight. It was Max Muncie at third base. He was in the dugout as the DH. I'm sure he felt helpless as that seventh inning was unfolding. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Let's go out to La Puente. Michael, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Michael. Hey, David. How's it going, man? Uh, you know, just... I know I can't put it, you know, you, like you said earlier, you can't put it all on Dave Roberts. It just feels like we got managed out of this game a little bit again um, with some of those decisions. I mean, it, it was it was quirky, quirky. It was weird. He even he even had a hard time explaining that situation that happened there. So you know, um, I mean, when you're in a, a do or die game and you have miscommunication like that, you're not firing on all cylinders. Um, Michael, I don't believe there was any miscommunication. Uh, Just like those answers, it it was a situation where the game got too fast and things were happening really fast in that inning, and he did not have Alex Vesia ready, and that's why uh, they brought him in in the middle of an at-bat. When was the last time you saw that in a regular season game, let alone a playoff game? Exactly. All right, Michael, thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. I'll I'll just say this. Yes, a very frustrating seventh inning, and quite honestly, taking out Tyler Anderson, that was frustrating. But in totality in this series, this Dodger offense, the big three, Mookie Betts especially, did not have an impact on this series. Bryce Harper, three home runs for the Phillies in their series uh, against the Braves, including today off of Kenley Jansen, had an impact. Those are the superstars that need to step up. You could talk about Cody Bellinger and Chris Taylor all you want. Mookie Betts is the Dodgers superstar. He's the leadoff hitter. He's the catalyst of this offense, and he did not show up in this series. Let's go out to Adrian in Orange. You're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Adrian. Hey, David. How are you? Doing well. Look, we've had better days. Oh, yeah, definitely. So what I want to talk about is really... A little bit different. So I know Dave Roberts, obviously, I don't feel like the decision-making like you've been mentioning was all on him tonight. However, I think as a culture change, I think we have to fire him. Like, I think we need new blood, new voice. I mean, look at the Padres with Bob Melvin. It's just different. We need a different voice, and, and that's why I think we should let Turner, Justin Turner go. Cody, we got to trade. I think the core needs to be broken up a little bit and a new manager with a new voice. What do you think? All right, Adrian, thank you for the phone call. Look, uh, as far as the players, um, yeah, there's uh, there's some big decisions Andrew Friedman needs to make as far as how to move the pieces of the puzzle to get past this. Um, maybe it is time for certain players to get a change of scenery. Justin Turner had a really great year. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, just automatically say goodbye to Justin Turner. I don't know what third basemen are out there that would be better than Justin Turner. Um, that's a question when you want to move on from players. 
What's the alternative? Is there an upgrade? You don't just make a change for the sake of change. But I do believe there's a huge fork in the road when it comes to Cody Bellinger and the Dodgers. Um, That is going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And also, Trey Turner. Is the demand for Trey Turner going to be as great as everybody anticipates? Maybe his price will not be. His market price won't be as great as so many believe. Um, I believe it will be. I know there's a lot of teams, especially on the East Coast, that want his services. So I would say if I was a betting man that Trey Turner probably has played his last game for the Dodgers. Let's go out to La Habra. Steve, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vassay. Hi, Steve. Steve, hello. All right, see you later, Steve. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Dodgers fall to the Padres tonight, 5-3 to in Game 4 of the NLDS and are eliminated after becoming just the seventh team in Major League Baseball history to win 110-plus games. They finished with a franchise record, 111 wins, but they only win one in the NLDS and are going home, and the Padres now are advancing to play the Philadelphia Phillies in the NLCS. Let's go out to Angel in your Belinda. You're on Dodger Talk with David Vassay. Hi, Angel. Hey, Dave. Hey, man, listen, uh, we can't make excuses for Dave Roberts. I know the offense wasn't that great. I was at game one. We, 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 we played well that game. We had some missed opportunities, you know, game two last night. But Dave Roberts and his pitching decisions, come on. We, we've seen this too many times. Are you saying tonight or are you saying the years. entire series? Uh, no, his pitching decision tonight, which is yeah. what count. Yeah, that that was, uh, I don't know any other way to say it. Uh, I don't know how to defend it. Um, It was a mistake, but that's not the only reason why the Dodgers lost the series. Uh, That was a part of what played into tonight's loss, but what about the previous two games? I mean, the Dodgers were 0 for their last 19 with runners in scoring position, Angel. How do you you reconcile that? Dave. That's in the past. I agree with you. But we were in complete control of this game tonight. No, you weren't. You were not in complete control of this game. The bases were loaded with nobody out in the seventh inning, and you only scored one run. You felt the momentum change there. You left the door open for the Padres. The Dodgers were not in complete control in the seventh inning. If they would have scored maybe even one more run, they would have been in complete control. They scored one one. It was three nothing. It could have been five nothing. Eight six six nine eight seven two five seventy is the phone number. You know, as the Padres were celebrating on the field, I was interested and focused on who was watching in the Dodger dugout. And the two Dodgers that stayed in the dugout the longest were Max Muncie and Clayton Kershaw. They were one of the last two Dodgers to leave the dugout. And Clayton Kershaw spoke to reporters on Sportsnet LA. It's yeah, it's always disappointing to lose it's in the postseason. You know, I think that's uh, that's what makes winning so great is uh, is the the makes losing so bad. You know, I think that's part of being in the postseason is it's just abrupt, it just ends when you don't expect it to. And um, you got to give a lot of credit to the Padres; they played really well. Um, they had great at bats the whole season, uh, the whole series, and uh, made big pitches when they had to. And uh, they just they played better than us, you know and. It's, 
Um, it's hard to admit sometimes, but that's that's the truth of it. They just they just beat us. Ending this season, just for yourself personally, you're healthy. I know coming into this year, one of your biggest things was you wanted to play, you wanted to be available. You were able to do that, especially here in the postseason. Is it feel strange now heading into this offseason and kind of where your mind is at right now? No, I'm not really thinking about all that. You know, I think it's just, uh, I don't think any of us expected to lose tonight. I don't think any of us expected to be going home tomorrow, you know. So, um, you know, I was preparing to be ready to go for the game tomorrow and um, the next series after that. So, it's a, uh, it's a weird feeling, you know. It's 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 no fun, no matter when you lose. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think um, it's, it's what I said at the beginning of the year. It's better to be in it than not to be a part of it at all. So um, I'll always take the opportunity. Before the series, in the hypothetical, you know, what happens if you don't win the World Series? What does it do to that historic season? It's not hypothetical anymore. What does it What does it do to that season? Oh, it's just enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's really going to care. You know, it's just uh, um, just another good regular season. A couple of weeks ago, you said you're leaning towards coming back next year or playing somewhere next year. Is that still how you uh, feel at this point, or is it? Too- yeah, I think so. But no, but I think so. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. I mean, like going home and. Being around and being a dad, you know, full-time dad changes changes your perspective on things. But you know, if as of right now, I would say I'll play again. For sure. Cafeteria duty again? Yeah, a lot of that for sure, for sure. Sam, so quick in that seventh inning. Is, I mean, is there? There's no good way to lose when it happens so quick. Is it hard to assimilate? Well, I I don't know. I think you know that's just that's just baseball. Sometimes, like I don't know if they really. Um, you know, they had great at bats. I'm not trying to take anything away, but, you know, Nola, if he hits it right to Freddie, it's a double play. Yeah. You know, Kim, if it's six inches closer, Muncy makes the play. So that's just a game of inches, you know. It's not like they, they hit those balls super hard. They just hit them in good places, and um, that's tough. That's that's the way baseball goes sometimes. And, um, you know, Trace almost caught that ball in center again, made another unbelievable play. So it's just a matter of inches here and there, but... Yeah, it did uh, you know? I think hitters kind of feed off each other and gain momentum. And our you know TA did an unbelievable job, and our guys you know really kind of squashed their momentum the whole night. So um, they started feeling it a little bit there, and kind of carried through with it. All right, there's Clayton Kershaw after another disappointing end to his season as well. After the Padres beat the Dodgers five to three in Game Four of the NLDS here at Petco Park. A couple of takeaways from what he had to say. He's absolutely right. The Padres beat the Dodgers, flat out beat them, played better in these four games than the Dodgers did. Uh, You could second-guess Dave Roberts, and we can all scratch our head about what was happening in that Cronenworth at-bat. But the bottom line is the Padres put the bat on the ball to create their own momentum. Way too many strikeouts in certain situations where the Dodgers needed to do what Hassan Kim did, what Aaron Nola did. That's what the Dodgers needed in the top of the seventh inning that they didn't do. And that's the reason why they only scored one run in that top of the seventh inning. And that was a big reason why at a certain point in time in this series, they were 0 for their last 20 with runners in scoring position. The Padres outplayed the Dodgers in this series. There's no other way around it. And it's good to hear Clayton say he's going to come back next year. It would be hard to see him in any other uniform next year other than 
a Dodger uniform. 866-987-2570. Let's go out to Woodland Hills. Matt, you're on Dodger Talk live from Petco Park in San Diego. Hi, Matt. Hey, Dave. Well, I'm going to be optimistic and say this may be the best thing for this franchise long term. It's built wrong. The entire the entire lineup's not built for the playoffs. Then you bring in Miguel Vargas and you just let him sit on the bench and grow mushrooms while you've got Chris Taylor out there just swinging away and hacking it. Hey, like I mean, we talked about the pitching, but I mean, you got Suarez, Garcia, Hader, who you got at the trade deadline, coming out there throwing just gas, just overwhelming people and pressure at the end of the game. And you know, we're sitting out there with just finesse pitchers. Nobody really getting more than, you know, 92, 93 on the gun. So, um, you know, hopefully the sitcom writer who writes these scripts will be gone along with Dave. But uh, need some changes need to be made. But this is, you know, swinging and home runs just don't cut it. I'm a Tennessee fan, and the younger, hungrier team, if they got talent, will typically win. And Dodgers are always going to have a bullseye on their back. So that's my thought. All right. Thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. 866-987-2570. Let's go out to Christian in Northridge. You're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Christian. Hey, Dave. Long-time listener, first-time caller. You know what? My heart broken by the Dodgers many times before, and I know they're going to keep breaking my heart for the rest of my life, but I think I'm most disappointed with our media team this playoff run. It was fun to really win game one, and maybe laugh at a couple of the where the pop memes, maybe post a couple on your Facebook. But for our guys to come out on the radio and start to talk about that, I really think, and I'm not a superstitious guy, it really felt like a jinx for this playoff run. Okay. Well, thank you, Christian. I appreciate the feedback. 866-987-2570. Well, the Padres uh, made the Dodgers their daddy in this series. They beat them, and I thought Rick Monday and Charlie Steiner said it perfectly. The Padres have been talking about this rivalry between them and the Dodgers, and quite honestly, uh, they had not really showed that on the field. But now, Beating the Dodgers in a playoff series, eliminating the Dodgers in a playoff series, there is a rivalry going into next year. And I would anticipate with the commitment from both ownerships, there is going to be a rivalry now between these two teams for the foreseeable future. Once you beat a team in the playoffs, there is a rivalry. And when you're going to be committed to sustain it, there is going to be a rivalry. And speaking of ownership groups, I want to send my sincere congratulations out to the Padres owner, Peter Seidler. He is first class and certainly hands-on and passionate about his team and his players. And congratulations to him for slaying the dragon, which was the Dodgers. Let's go out to Pasadena. Andy, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Andy. Hi, David. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, hey, man, I just want to start. Thank you for this year. Thank you for your research. Listen to you many of the games this season. Uh, thank you for your takes on the Dodgers. Truly, it's just really great to hear your honesty and to hear you in your voice tonight, man. Just thank you. But uh, I want to say I love Dave Roberts. Truly. I've seen a lot of inept coaches, managers in my time. As a Kings fan, you know, Clippers fan, you hung up on me for that last night. But Ooh, David don't Roberts, reference that Dave again. Roberts, <laughs> he's the man. Dave Roberts, Dave Roberts is the man. He has that dog in him. I watched him annihilate the Yankees in the early 2000s, almost 20 years ago. I love this guy. As you've said, as so many people have said, we've left 20-plus men on base in this series. 
Those are his lineups. He's got those guys on base. The dude's got a hit. And, yeah, tonight, inning seven sucked. But our pitching didn't get blown up by the Padres like Max Gimparm Scherzer of the Mets 6-0. You know, this should have been lost to, if any loss is lost at all, not elimination. And that's on our hitting. This is not on Roberts. You know, we mentioned the break last night when I called, you know, the Dodgers coming in cold, Padres coming in hot. In all honesty, the Dodgers looked very lackluster versus the Rockies. You know, maybe this is where this series slipped away from us, and the Padres just really felt it. I, I, I think you're just reaching right now, Andy, when you start to talk about that. Look, um, yes, the Braves went down after having a five-day layoff. The Dodgers went down after a five-day layoff, but... Um, that may have been part of this. The other part of it was maybe the Dodgers felt too comfortable and overconfident coming into this series, considering the way they've dominated the Padres, not only this year, but over the course of the last 10 years, they've dominated the Padres. So uh, I'm not sure they were ready for this series to turn in game two and then come to a Petco Park that really was for the first time that I've been coming here and Rick and Charlie have been coming here and Jake Warner have been coming here was Padres House. This was the first time it was the Padres House at Petco Park and this ranks right up there with one of the loudest hostile stadiums the Dodgers have ever played in uh, going back to City Field in 2015 during that NLDS, the 08-09 series against the Phillies, uh, Wrigley Field, this ranks at the top of those hostile environments. And I think last night the Dodgers uh, got a wake-up call, but it may have been too late. They may have pressed the snooze button a little too early in this series. And um, the Padres came to play, and... Quite honestly, especially after that game one victory over the Padres, maybe gave the Dodgers a false sense of security. But the bottom line is their superstar did not have an impact on this series. Tonight he did. He scored two runs, two of the three Dodger runs to a certain extent, but never really had uh, an impact. And only one extra base hit in four games, that's not going to get it done if the Dodgers want to win a World Series. Mookie Betts carried the Dodgers to the 2020 championship. He did not really show up in this series. Let's head downstairs to hear from the Dodgers superstar on Sportsnet LA. You know, it wasn't just the seventh, though. We had to push across some some runs early, and we didn't, man. Um, It sucks, but, I mean, nothing else we can do now. Was it? I don't even remember the fifth inning. Was it? I don't I'm think sorry, it was the fifth. Sir. Oh, seven. Um. Uh. It just you just kind of felt the momentum shift a little bit. Um. They got a couple. Couple hits there, and Cronenworth came in. Uh, came in a big spot and came through. Um. And we didn't come in come through in, in our situations, and so. Uh, like I said, it sucks, but there's nothing we can do now. Mookie, was there something different about this team, the Dodgers team, in the postseason than when we saw them in the regular season? Wait, the, I'll say it again. Did you see something different with this team? Anyway, the approach or even the layoff, is there any just a team that was different than the one that won 111 games? Um, we just didn't hit, man. We, yeah, that's uh, 
that's our that's that's on us, man. It's on it's on the hitter side. We didn't we did not execute any any type of plan. We didn't uh, didn't do anything and throughout the season. We did so. Um, like I said, it sucks, but there's nothing we can do now. The goal for this team was very clear when the season began. Can you share with us some of what Doc talked to you about when the game was over here in the clubhouse? Uh, just that we had a great run. I mean, we uh, had a had a really good team and won 100, 111 games. And, um, just uh, just goes to show you, you know, winning in the postseason is not easy. You know, uh, no nobody's going to roll over and just uh, hand you wins. You know, you got to earn it. Um, and we uh, we didn't. Mookie, does it feel like this historic season is all for naught if you don't you know, end up winning it all? Um, I think no matter what in the regular season, it's all for naught if you don't come out with a with a uh, championship. So to answer your question, yeah, I mean it's super cool to to win that many games, but. You know, it means absolutely nothing if you uh, if you lose in the postseason. Um, you know, we we, uh, we kind of did that to ourselves. You know, they did play well, but there were some situations we didn't uh, we didn't execute and it bit us. All right, there's Mookie Betts, who will have a lot of time to bowl now that the Dodgers' season is over. We're going to take a time out here from Petco Park in San Diego. When we return, more of your phone calls at 866-987-2570. And we'll check in with Jose Moda, who is staying up late in Secaucus, New Jersey, after he called the Yankees and Guardians series. He is staying up late to check in with us on the last night of Dodger baseball in 2022 as the Padres eliminate the Dodgers in game four of the NLDS with a 5-3 victory on AM570 LA Sports. AM570. Dodger Talk is available on AM570LASports.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Back to more Dodger Talk with Dodger Insider, David Vasse. Disappointing night here in San Diego as the Dodgers season comes to an end as the Padres take game four of the NLDS 5-3 to three and advance to the NLCS to face off against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Dodgers, the Mets, and the Braves all going home as the Phillies and Padres are the last two standing in the National League. They say baseball is unpredictable. This year is a perfect uh, example of that because everybody thought it would be a combination of one of those uh, massive three teams that had 100 wins during the regular season, but it's the wild card winners that move on, the Phillies and the Padres. A special thank you to the fans who entered the Daniels Jewelers home run forecast all season long, and congratulations to those who won a $50 gift card. Celebrate this season by visiting any location and say home run for a team bracelet. Daniels Jewelers making diamond dreams come true since 1948. Another part of the Dodgers' postseason this year, they were limping into this postseason only two starters. Uh, in years past, they have had four solid starters. Uh, they had to turn to a pitcher last night in a pivotal game three that had only pitched once since August 23rd in Tony Gonsolin, essentially turning it into a bullpen game. As the Dodgers go into this offseason, they have to find a way to replenish their rotation. 
Uh, Tyler Anderson's a free agent. I would be surprised if he wasn't a Dodger next year. I would be surprised if the Dodgers didn't offer Anderson a qualifying offer. He's a guy that is uh, a competitor, uh, eats innings, makes a start every fifth day. He was fantastic tonight. I thought he could have gone deeper than five innings. Uh, For the Dodgers rotation, no Walker Bueller next year after undergoing his second Tommy John surgery. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is a free agent. I expect him back. Julio Urias back to the top of the Dodger rotation. But how do they fill in the rest of the rotation? Is Tony Gonsolin's uh, forearm elbow injury going to be resolved between now and spring training? Is Dustin May going to be a part of this rotation next year? And is that enough? Jacob DeGrom is a free agent. Are the Dodgers going to pursue DeGrom? I would not rule that out. They are one of the teams that go after the best players out there. I know everybody is so focused on offense, but for me, the Dodgers have got to do something about their rotation coming into the season next year. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Let's go out to Mark in West Hills. You're on Dodger Talk with David Vassay. Hi, Mark. Hi, David. How are you? I've been better. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I grew up in New Jersey, so I lost the Mets last weekend, and, I, and I've been in, in L.A. for 18 years, so I lost the Dodgers tonight. It's been a double whammy for me all week, and you're right about the rotation, and I don't want to be repetitive um, about the offense, but i got to say two things. One, Cody's been our man in October for many years, so I don't think that he should have been sitting on the pine. I said to my friends tonight, I've seen too many questionable calls with David Roberts, uh, making whether it be the Red Sox, the Nationals tonight. Um, He's a different manager in the playoffs when it comes down to the guts. And then finally, uh, there's a guy in New York, you know, speaking about offense a little bit. I know the rotation is very important, but there's a guy in New York that hit 62 home runs this year that would be good for the Dodgers. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I wouldn't rule the Dodgers uh, kicking the tires on Aaron Judge either, Mark. I really wouldn't. I know everybody's talking about the Giants. I would not be surprised if the Dodgers um, started to inquire about Aaron Judge. He definitely is a difference-making player, and we have seen that the Dodgers pursue difference-making players and land difference-making players. So I would not say no to Aaron Judge. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Speaking of Aaron Judge, Jose Moda has been calling the ALDS series between the Guardians and Yankees on MLB Network, and it's been in Spanish. Jose, um, we'll get to Aaron Judge another time, but just your thoughts about that seventh inning, top and bottom half. Oh, man, I think we saw uh, pretty much um, the description and, and the display of what the, you know, the whole, you know, the whole series was against the Padres. I mean, um, way missed opportunities. Um, uh, Padres, you know, relievers just going out there and, and filling the zone, just challenging you and just, um, you know, too many, too many, too many swings and misses, you know, and just you know, almost indecision of what to do in certain situations. You know, the Dodgers, we know that, um, you know, throughout the season, we're not a very good team when it came down to winning close ball games late in games. Uh, productive outs, uh, moving guys over, it does their record and, um, you know, close ball games and, and, and extra inning games. But uh, you know, beyond that, obviously, we know what happened 
a lot of moving parts in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, some balls did find some holes. Um, the Vesey decision uh, was he up? Was he not up? And things like that kind of make you wonder what you know what was happening there. But doesn't take away from you know what how this team got there. And uh, Dave, <laughs> it, it's amazing what happens. I'm not shocked, uh, but, but it's disappointing. I mean, uh, what happens in the playoff? It's it's you flip a coin and you got to be ready. And just they got outplayed by a team that uh, had a little bit more on it and had momentum and got it done. Jose, what was apparent to me, um, and I know Kershaw and Urias were not as good as Tyler Anderson tonight, it was apparent that the Dodgers had a plan before each of these games, and they were not going to deviate from it despite uh, the eye test. And tonight, Tyler Anderson maybe had the best start of any other Dodger in this NLDS, yet he was taken out of the game um, after just five innings, and he had limited... The, Do- the Padres' top three hitters to go one for seven against him. He had retired 10 of the last 11 Padres he faced. The only guy on the Padres that could touch him tonight was Brandon Drury. Why was he taken out of the game? That's a good question for everybody and from, and from all of us. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned, a plan, you know, that plan is great to have. And you go out there and plan and, and say, this is what my game plan is like. And uh, if things go the way we think it's going to go, perfect. But, What's, what's happened, to, you know, the previous two games? What happened with your bullpen? What happened from Tony Gonsolin? And what did you have to do to match things up? And, you know, we, we you and I talked about this, about Tyler Anderson. This guy's got some dog in him, man. He is a fighter. And, you know, the swings and misses, forget that. The strikeouts, forget that. He gives you a chance. He's got the demeanor. He's got the attitude. Uh, you have to be taken care of today because you don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow or if you move it on to the next series. And uh, to me, that was one decision, obviously, that uh, was going to be questioned for a long time. But, man, this guy was on his game and uh, just kind of got thrown off, obviously, uh, by that decision a little bit too. Yeah, he was unbelievable tonight. I, I just couldn't understand that. And I feel like when you take your starting pitcher out, the trickle-down effect not, not, doesn't necessarily happen in the very next inning. The collateral damage could happen two innings later. You start that domino effect of unpredictability with relief pitchers. And tonight, Tommy Kinley was the weak link in the Dodgers' script. Well, you think about, I mean, the question came up, like, who's going to close? You can't worry about who's going to close in the fifth inning. you got to just continue on to see how long you can ride your, your starter, obviously, and, which is mildly important, and react from there. Um, it's unfortunate that it's happening. These guys that, that were on that roster, obviously, were capable, um, just did not get it done. But I think it, it doesn't matter what team you're with. Um, ask Aaron Boone about this. You, your starter sets the tone, and you have to be able to at least have a leash that allows you to say, okay, even though that is my game plan, this is what I really am seeing right now at this moment. And that's why things get a little offset because if you start worrying too much about the ninth inning and the fifth inning, you're asking for a lot of trouble. Jose, we heard from Clayton Kershaw earlier tonight, and I thought he was dead on with what he said. The Padres just outplayed the Dodgers, got big hits at the right times that the Dodgers never were able to get in this series. Do you agree with Kershaw's evaluation of how this went down? 100%. You see the, the, the look in their eyes, uh, how much they wanted this. Uh, I know that um, 
you know, this rivalry just took another a new dimension. The Padres were not making these trades that they made back in, in August to take over first place in the NL West. They're making those trades for now, and that's what really they were focused on. And each one of those pieces contributed somehow to that. And Kirsch understands, and he knows how to assess and evaluate and engage things. And there's no doubt that, you know, you talk about game plan. How about the game plan of sometimes just going out there and saying, hey, game plan is not getting a base hit. Game plan is doing what is the situation calling for. And they did a very good job with that, a much better job than the Dodgers did when it came down to their game planning and flexibility in their mind as to what needed to be done with men in scoring position or men on base to go out there and get their run across somehow and anyhow. Jose Moda is joining us after the Dodgers season ends in San Diego after the Padres defeat the Dodgers tonight 5-3 to in Game 4 of the NLDS. You know, I don't want to put it on one player's shoulders, but when you sign a player to the contract the Dodgers signed Mookie Betts to, and he's your guy, your superstar, your guy that scored 119 runs, hit 35 home runs, a career best, and he doesn't have an impact on the series. Don't you think that's part of the dynamics of why the Dodgers lost this series as well? We didn't really see an impact Mookie Betts. Oh, 100%. Again, yes. Uh, and the Potters knew that. I mean, he was a guy that they wanted to go out there and just know that if you look at the Dodgers' record against the Padres in the regular season, go look at the Dodgers' offense in these innings against the Padres. Guarantee you they looked at, okay, how many times was Mookie Betts involved in something that really turned the game around, early or late? Let's go out there and get a gauge for a swing. Where is he? Is he seeing the ball well or not? Um, you know, it's not like they pitch around him. It's not like they say, well, you know, let's show all this respect towards Mookie Betts. They had a gauge and understood exactly where he, how he was swinging the bat. And Mookie just did not look comfortable. I talked to Rick Monday a couple of days ago, and, I, and we were just talking about, wow, how many hanging breaking balls and just uh, the, the thoughtful at bat, you know, the battling at bat was just not there for Mookie Betts. And uh, credit to the team that go out, went out there on the mound and just challenged him and just did not allow him to get into a flow at all when it came down to being a difference maker uh, for his team. All right, Jose. Thank you for calling in. I know you're calling the Yankees-Guardians game over there at MLB Network in Secaucus, New Jersey. It's been a great ride. It's been great to have you back with the Dodgers and look forward to doing this again next year. I do too, and I, you know, this is such a obviously a, a negative way to end things. But uh, I want to thank you and, and the Dodger fans for welcoming me back in and, and make them feel right at home. It's been great to break down the games with you and to have the conversations. You know what? This fan base is so passionate, so knowledgeable, and just allowed me to feel right at home the minute I arrived. And uh, from you, my friend, old friend, it's just wonderful to be able to be. Uh, on the air with you and everybody here in AM570. It's been tremendous. It's been fun, Jose. Take care of yourself out there, and uh, it should be an exciting finish to the ALDS Yankees and Guardians. We love you, Dodger Nation. Thanks so much, Dave. Be well. All right, there he goes, Jose Moda, staying up with us on the East Coast after the Dodgers season ends. 866-987-2570. Want to try to get to as many of these calls before we say goodnight. Let's go out to Lucas in Maywood. You're on Dodger Talk. How you doing, Lucas? Hey, good. How are you, David? Doing well. What do you have for us tonight? Uh, yeah, quickly. Um, 
you know, you had said something before the trade deadline that Craig Kimbrell will not be our closer after uh, August 1st or whatever it was. And that stuck with me, not for a negative thing. It was just we had so many holes all year, and we didn't really leverage the trade deadline the way we usually do, I think. Um, and, like, Chris Martin was, like, diamond in the rough. I think nobody will argue that. But Gallo not even getting off the bench kind of says, like, what we did to fix the right-handed, left-handed thing. But what are your thoughts on, like, just um, this offseason? Do you think they're going to be more aggressive in trying to actually move pieces, or is it going to be, like, signing players for money, knowing that a lot of money's come out of this this year? Uh, and thank you for your work all, all season. Thank you, Lucas. Appreciate it. Well, one thing I know about Andrew Friedman, he's not a reactionary type of person. Uh, he's emotional like all of us, but he finds a way to recalibrate. So as much as a lot of you want them to blow it up and start all over and build around Mookie and Freddie Freeman, uh, they're going to do measured transactions and look there's a lot of big decisions that need to be made that are going to change the look of this roster this pitching staff is has a lot of changes and guys that are are free agents and they need to restock the starting rotation and restock it until guys like uh michael uh not michael grove uh gavin stone Bobby Miller can contribute on an every five-day basis. Uh, they've got to figure out what to do with Cody Bellinger, Trey Turner, Justin Turner. Are they going to keep Gavin Lux, or are they going to try to trade him for a stunning pitcher? Are they going to extend Will Smith or Julio Urias, or maybe both of them? So there's a lot of questions going into this offseason, and I don't see uh, Andrew Friedman just blowing it up. But uh, after you lose a series the way the Dodgers lost it, you certainly have to take a long look at your roster and ask yourself where it went wrong. And I would expect the Dodgers to have a better closer than what they had the majority of this season. And that's no knock on Craig Kimbrell, who has had a great career. He just seems to be at the twilight of that career. And I would expect the Dodgers to have um, somebody in place as well. So that's another part of the roster that needs to be figured out. Let's go out to Paolo, who's here in San Diego, a lonely Dodger fan. How you doing, Paolo? Paolo. Oh, he held on for 38 minutes. All right, we're going to end it uh, with somebody that I know I can rely on, Kevin in Culver City. Walk us off on the final Dodger talk of 2022. David, David, first of all, great job all season. What you've done has been amazing. Um, you know, listening to all the callers, it just comes down to one thing. Uh, you know, Dave Roberts, he's a great manager. He's going to be our manager. But we got to think about a change of philosophy. I saw it with Rich Hill. I saw it with Clayton Kershaw in this series. He, Kershaw retired nine guys in a row. He takes him out. And I saw it tonight yeah. with Tyler Anderson. In my words, he was cooking. Um, he could have pitched another inning. You don't, you don't mess with that. I was watching the game. I said, I was, I was coming to the TV. I said, do not touch Tyler Anderson. And he took him out. And it was like when we won the World Series, with, uh, which was kind of ironic with Blake Snell, they, that broke up the game. That messed with the game. And you saw the Padres when he went out. It was a whole different game. Chris Martin gets the guy out, and he brings in Kinley. Most likely, we should have probably taken Kinley off after he walked the first guy. And he, Dave Roberts always says we're trying to win a ball game. 
why not bring in Urias or Clayton Kershaw to try to preserve this win to try to win t- tonight? There's no No, tomorrow. no, 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 yes. Kevin. That's not the answer. The answer was Evan Phillips. Evan Phillips has been putting out fires all season long. That was the biggest fire of the season in the seventh inning, and Evan Phillips was nowhere to be found. And then Evan Phillips is brought into the game after you're losing 5-3 to three in the eighth inning. Uh, so that's where it was. The seventh inning, top of the seventh, bottom of the seventh is where this game was lost. That's where the series eventually would end. That'll do it for us on Dodger Talk tonight. It's 1 a.m. I've, uh, I can't stay here. I don't have to go home, but I can't stay here anymore. Um, but before I do say goodnight, I want to give uh, a lot of thank yous out there because Without these people, uh, this show doesn't go where it has gone, and it starts with you. Thank you for the passion. Thank you for making this uh, one of the most popular shows in Los Angeles, both on the air and downloaded on the iHeartRadio app. So thank you, Dodger fans, for participating, for your passion. Without you, there is no show. I'd be talking to myself. So thank you so much. Um, Number two. I want to say thank you to Juan Dorado of the Dodgers PR staff. He is there for not only me, but everybody else in the media day in and day out and making things happen. So thank you to Juan Dorado from the Dodgers PR staff. Thank you to Joe Jarek and Ali Savage from the Dodgers PR staff. Thank you to Lon Rosen and Don Martin, uh, the two leaders, one of the AM570 LA Sports um, and the Lon, obviously, one of the leaders, along with Stan Caston and Mark Walter and Todd Boley and the rest of the crew uh, of the Guggenheim ownership. Thank you to them. Um, thank you especially to Lon and Don because those are the people that I, uh, that I interact with on a daily basis, and they're the ones that allow me to do this show. Thank you to Dwayne McDonald, my guy Jake Warner, who is still out here at Petco Park, and our guy Colin Yee back at our Burbank Studios. 162-plus games for Colin. You are a star and awesome to work with. Thank you to Tim Cates and Tim Neverett, the two Tims. They do a great job all year long. And a special thank you to Rick Monday and Charlie Steiner, who have treated me so well the last 11 years and really have embraced me in this broadcast booth and can't say enough about them. They are my two daddies, no doubt about it. And uh, a final thank you to the players of the Los Angeles Dodgers. A disappointing way to end this season, no doubt about it, but yet again for an 11th straight season, you have taken me into uh, your sanctuary. You have trusted me. And we've had a lot of fun together. And it has been great to document your journey this year, a record-setting journey during the summer. We've had a lot of laughs. My best, The best part of every day coming to the ballpark is interacting with you guys and bringing you to the fans here on AM570 LA Sports and Beyond. And without you, uh, there is no us. Uh, we just tell the story. But you make the story interesting and entertaining. And there was no more entertaining summer in Dodger baseball history than what you guys did. And I can't say uh, thank you enough. You guys are special. And uh, how can I forget what you guys did for me in Milwaukee? I'll never forget that. 
And I uh, want to say thank you also to the training staff, the clubhouse staff. Um, guys are awesome. They are definitely the backbone of uh, making this Dodger player and traveling party run. And Scott Akasaki, the director of Dodgers Travel, just awesome job as well. There's just so many people. And basically, we see each other more than our own family. So when a season ends as abruptly as it ended tonight, it's just hard to uh, just try hard to contain your emotion. Certainly an emotional ride, and um, it's been awesome. And uh, I've loved uh, being with the beat writers every day. Those guys are awesome. Jorge Castillo, Jack Karras, Juan Toribio, love those guys. So it's been a great ride, and we'll do it again next year, maybe. Who knows? This could have been my last dance. You never know. I'm year to year, baby. I'll be back with you, though, on Monday night on Sportsnet LA, 6 o'clock, if you're not tired of me already. That'll do it for us tonight from San Diego. Once again, the final score tonight, the Padres defeat the Dodgers in game four of the NLDS, 5-3. to three. That's it for 2022. Good luck to the Padres. Good luck to Ocho, Snellzilla, and the rest of the Padres as they will face the Philadelphia Phillies in the NLCS. In case you missed any of the show, any of all the shows, you can find them on the iHeartRadio app. Once again, the final score from San Diego. The Padres defeat the Dodgers 5-3. Have a great winter. See ya. Perfect day.